Star Wars 7x7 episode 1194. All right, so the TLDR version, the too long didn't read version of the podcast that breaks down the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer. That's what you're getting in this podcast. It is the top seven takeaways from The Last Jedi trailer. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we're going to dive right in. And everything I'm going to talk about here, I'm going to talk about in much greater detail during the breakdown episode of the podcast, where I'm going to look shot by shot at everything that they've shared with us, and we're going to really dig into stuff. But here is your top levels, top seven takeaways. Not necessarily in any order. I'd love to hear what you think is the most important one of all. So please do share the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. The first top takeaway is the fact that we see Kylo Ren's scar in different states of being. And this opens up the question of how long does The Last Jedi take in-universe, right? How long does it go? And based on the different states of his scar, I'm thinking that it could be close to a month, especially when you also consider the fact that Rey has to have time to train with Luke before she goes off to do whatever she's going to do. So... I'm guessing also that Kylo Ren is not one for the Bakta tank personally, whether it's of his own design or whether Snoke is going to punish him by saying no Bakta tank for you. I'm thinking that we're actually talking about a significant chunk of time during which The Last Jedi takes place. It's not going to be the interesting week that Revenge of the Sith was, for example, as Pablo Hidalgo put it, or, you know, the couple of days that A New Hope took, right? No, it's going to be a longer period of time. The second big takeaway is that we are getting Snoke in action and in action against Rey specifically. So this was hinted at during Force Friday 2 with that big BB-8 playset that opened up to Snoke's mobile command center. And there was a bit in there that certainly made it clear that Rey was going to show up there someplace. It was actually depicted on the box art. So... Yeah, it's actually happening. We get to see Snoke and we get to see him, I don't know, sort of like force holding Ray doing something to her. We can't quite tell what it is. It's definitely not comfortable whatever it is he's doing to her. And the third takeaway has to do with Snoke and possibly Kylo Ren and possibly Ray. Listen to this bit of monologue from Snoke. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed. And beyond that, something truly special. Now, the way it's cut in the trailer, it makes it seem like he's talking about Kylo Ren. But I got to tell you, when I watched this, immediately the thing that I thought was that it's really about Rey. That he's talking about Rey in his monologue. And so... Doesn't that open up a whole new range of theories? Is it possible that Snoke found Rey and stashed her on Jakku for some reason that we don't yet know? I mean, it kind of makes sense in a way because, of course, the First Order is going all throughout the Unknown Regions, stealing babies to raise into stormtroopers, but of course they're going to come across Force-sensitive people as they go about their rounds and their kidnappings and so forth. What are they doing with the Force-sensitive ones? Well... 
that's kind of interesting to find out. Maybe those Praetorian guards are force sensitive and maybe Ray is a force sensitive person that they discovered in their travels and Snoke realizes what she can do but had to kind of move her out of the way for some reason or for some uh, deeper, scarier purpose. And that would also explain why Ray got stuck with a bad guy in Unkar Plutt, right? You know, a good guy is not as likely to leave Ray under the care of somebody like Unkar Plutt, but a bad guy sure would be. So that's our third top takeaway. The fourth top takeaway is that we see Leia on crate in the movie. And so this suggests that she survives the evacuation of Dakar, which is something that you could certainly say is a question, right? All we'd seen up until this point was her on the bridge of the resistance cruiser. And we didn't know anything more than that. We see in the trailer that Kylo Ren has, it looks like a target lock on something that the way they cut the trailer makes it seem like he's got a lock on the bridge of a resistance cruiser where Leia is and that he might actually shoot her out of the stars. It's hard to say for sure if that's the case because, you know, they could just be cutting things in a different way from what actually happens in the movie. But they're certainly giving you that impression. And it's early on because it has Kylo with his big meshy part of his scar. So it's still in its healing process, right? So that has to happen early on in the movie. Meanwhile, the Resistance needs some time to set up shop on Crate. So that way, you know, when the First Order comes, they're ready for the attack, at least as ready as they can possibly be. And it's not anticlimactic in that way. So, yeah, that does suggest that Leia is going to be a significant part of the movie throughout the movie. And, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed about that. I have seen some spoilery stuff that I'm not going to talk to you about that suggests something, you know, a variation thereof. Let's just put it that way. But based on what we're seeing here so far, it looks like she is going to appear in a significant stretch of the movie or be a part of a significant stretch of the movie. Now, takeaway number five is who else is on crate or who else shows up on crate. So there is a shot of somebody leading a bunch of stormtroopers through what looks like a mine cavern. And it looks like it's more crate topography than anything else. So there's also a shot where you see Kylo Ren's command shuttle gliding over and above the ATM-6 walkers lumbering along. So there's a good chance that Kylo Ren is going to be boots on the ground on crate. And additionally on crate, it looks like the Millennium Falcon is showing up there because we see it flying through what looks like a cavern similar to the kind of cavern that Kylo Ren is walking through with stormtroopers. So that does suggest that the Falcon leaves Octu and goes to crate. But of course, there's the big question, who is on that Falcon? What we can say for sure is that Chewie is on the Falcon and there's a Porg on the Falcon and we get to hear the Porg making a noise for the first time <laughs> and it's imitating Chewbacca so great comic relief there right so we don't know because they don't show the pilot's chair they only show Chewie in the co-pilot's chair we don't know who's in the pilot's chair and I'll just throw this out there as well at least one of the turrets was actually working. The The belly gun was not working at the end of the Graveyard of Giants sequence. We don't know if it ever got fixed, but there is a top gun as well. So who knows? We might have somebody in the pilot's chair and somebody operating a turret. Wouldn't that be interesting? This also does put you in mind of that very quick shot in the teaser where we see the Falcon 
gliding through the atmosphere of some planet. You can't tell what it is. You just see blue sky and it's shooting down TIE fighters. So that suggests that maybe that shot is happening over the surface of Crate as well. Of course, I'm wondering if Rey is on Crate. That seems very likely. Now, the other question is whether Luke comes with her. And that I find to be a very intriguing prospect. Our sixth top takeaway has to do with Luke. So let's talk about Luke and the unexpected nature of Luke in The Last Jedi. We're getting more hints about that and about his reluctance to train Rey and to get involved with whatever's about to happen. Check out this particular quote. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. And then this one as well. This is not going to go the way you think. Now that second one even suggests that Luke might be able to see the future and do so in a way like Yoda could, for example. So that in itself is really super intriguing. And it does suggest the possibility that Rey may end up disobeying or going against what Luke is recommending for her, whatever that may be, which of course would be... <laughs> A little bit of history repeating itself, but possibly in a different way, I would imagine. Either way, it's coming across that Luke is severely conflicted about this whole situation because on the one hand, he's actually doing something to train her. Like, he's not just utterly kicking her off the island, okay? But on the other hand, he's saying things like, you know, I'm scared of the power you have and this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go. Like, he's definitely conflicted about dealing with her. And so... A lot of the dynamic of this movie, Ryan Johnson has said, turns on the dynamic between Luke and Ray, And we're really getting a, a better sense of the conflict within Luke at this point, which is a really, oh gosh, I think this one is really at the heart of why this trailer is as emotionally resonant as it is, because it seems to go deeper into the characters than any other trailer that we've seen for any of these new movies so far. And the last takeaway has to do with Finn versus Phasma. We actually get to see the two of them face off with each other, and Finn is wearing his First Order officer's disguise that we saw in a brief shot in the behind the scenes reel for The Last Jedi that was shown at D23 back in, oh gosh, July it was July. And it looks like it's inside the wreckage of you know, a smoldering First Order capital ship of some kind. It looks like in the trailer he's been captured at some point and there are troops massed for whatever big engagement that they're going to have, possibly the engagement on Crate. But when we actually see Finn and Phasma facing each other down, it's in the midst of absolute and utter chaos. Like there's fire everywhere, there's like stuff falling down and that sort of thing. And we get to see Phasma's spear activated, which is strong enough to repel a blast from the Z6 riot baton, which is what it looks like Finn is wielding against her. And that pretty much is the meat of the trailer, the top seven takeaways from the trailer. So just to run them down again, it's the time passing in The Last Jedi, measuring it based on the healing of Kylo Ren's scar. The first glimpse of Snoke in action in The Last Jedi. Rey and Snoke and a possible crazy theory that Snoke is the one who stuck Rey on Jakku. The fact that we see Leia on Crate and what that suggests about her presence throughout the movie. Then number five, who else is showing up on Crate, namely Kylo Ren, and it looks like the Millennium Falcon piloted by Chewie and possibly containing Rey and, hey, why not? Possibly containing Luke as well. No idea, but they are conspicuously not showing the pilot's share of the Falcon. So 
yeah, something suspicious is going on there. Um, the sixth thing is the interactions between Ray and Luke, and specifically the two lines of dialogue we hear from Luke about how powerful Ray is and how that scares him and about things not going the way she thinks they're going to go and how that's revelatory about the conflict within Luke as he is dealing with Ray on his island. And lastly, the showdown between Finn and Phasma and how that's going down. I'm going to have some extra details for you, just a little other bits and pieces after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com. 7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. All right, so in Empire Magazine, in uh, their big cover story about The Last Jedi, there was a shot of a booster on the back of Poe Dameron's X-Wing fighter. It was supposed to be able to make his X-Wing go super fast when it was in flying engagements with the First Order in space. And so we actually got to see that booster in action in the Last Jedi trailer, albeit ever so briefly, but we got to see it. What we did not see was General Hux. He did not make an appearance in this one. We did not get to see the caretakers on Act 2, so they were noticeably absent as well. We didn't really get to see... Uh, actually, we didn't get to see it all. Ray or Paige, not Ray, I'm sorry, Rose, excuse me, Rose or Paige. But in a shot with Poderman delivering an inspirational line, Oscar Isaac taking on his role, stepping up and being an inspirational force in the movie. In the background and out of focus, it looks like Billy Lord is in that scene as well as Lieutenant Connix. Billy Lord, of course, being Carrie Fisher's daughter in real life. And we also get to see Kylo Ren wearing his mask and taking it off, holding it wherever he is, where he's got the you know the mesh over his scar, and he smashes the mask into a wall. And this, to me, seems like it's the moment right before the one we saw in the teaser. <laughs> excuse me, the teaser trailer, where his mask is all melted and twisted, and it's on the floor, and it looks like there's shattered glass around it. Right? I think we just saw in the trailer the scene right before that scene we saw in the teaser. And of course, there is one massively important scene they show at the end of the trailer, and that's the one where it almost makes it seem like Ray and Ben slash Kylo are actually having a conversation where they might end up being able to speak civilly with each other and do something together that, you know, is not what a hero and a villain would do with each other. Um, I'm not implying anything weird about that. I'm implying that they might actually, you know, be able to ally with each other to some degree, whatever that means. Anyway, I'm going to talk about that more in depth when I get into the deeper breakdown trailer, which I'm going to record in short order. And that will also have a video component to it as well. So that way you can check it out on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash SW7X7 or the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash SW7X7. So you can see me going through the actual scenes shot by shot. And that, my friends, is going to do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as excited about The Last Jedi trailer as I was. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go blasting your way out of Moss Eisley... 
check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an imperial spy, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.